0: This morning, I'm catching up with Farhad Karuth, co-founder of 3Pipe, to discuss the evolution of search marketing and the increasing crossover between search and public relations. Good morning, Farhad. Good morning. Just a a quick scene-setting question, if I may. What's the balance between paid and organic search for most SEO campaigns these days?
1: So I think it, it's important to, to build out a distinction between what is SEO and, and what is paid search because the two are, are quite separate from each other. So clients tend to use paid activity when they need scale of results over a short period of time to drive awareness or recognition of a particular product where it isn't possible to change or make an impact on the organic results um, in the time frame for the campaign they have to be running. Um, Organic Search SEO is very much about the long-term adaptation of your content and your site in order to enable users to find you for content and keywords that are relevant to you. So there is no real set formula is the honest answer, is it really depends on who the client is, what they're trying to achieve, what the campaign looks like, um, what the the KPIs and the objectives happen to be. Uh, Those that tend to be a little bit more direct in terms of, It's about traffic and sales. We'll have a heavier balance of paid search because it's easier to control and influence. Those are much more about awareness and product recognition. We'll have a heavier element of of SEO in their overall mix of of activity. But I think if you look at the the two market spaces and overall, to give you some sort of sense of synergy from the last numbers I can remember looking at, the paid search market is is about £5 billion worth of spend. The SEO market in the UK is around 500 £600 So if okay. you look at the proportions, that in, in reality is that, you know, something like nine in every 10 pounds is being paid on, uh, is being spent on paid. The, the reason organic is important is that it enables you to maintain a position much more cost-effectively, much more naturally. So you have um, a much stronger kind of association with the keyword term or the subject area that you have to be around. But obviously Google are making lots of changes to make paid placements more prominent. So you have this ongoing battle between what can I achieve organically? What can I do from a paid point of view as Google is looking at increasing ways of monetizing its product? And it doesn't really make any money directly from the SEO work that that, uh, that clients and, and people do overall.
0: Sure. Um, and with the sort of changing way that people use Facebook and, and other forms of social media, what's the latest stats on, I suppose, search engines still being people's gateway to the Web?
1: Um, well, it, you know, it sort of depends on, on the, the user's mentality, right? So in terms of the gateway to the web, the last numbers I've seen is like one in, th- uh, in every seven pages is it, Facebook. But if you start looking at people who are looking for products, then you are talking about 80 to 90% of them starting with some form of search. What's becoming increasingly interesting is that form of search isn't necessarily Google. So in terms of product search, Amazon is becoming much more important and taking a 15 20% share of that space. And even if you look at um, Google Images, something like one in five of all Google searches are on Google Images, not for a keyword. And the impact of voice and all those things are starting to change that. There's no real public data available yet, but there are things in the U.S. or sort of starting to talk about one in four, one in five of, of queries are, are voice activated. So what, what it really comes down to is, is what's user's in tech they to where their starting point happens to be. And actually a combination of search and other shopping platforms, particularly Amazon, are where uh, where people are are starting to make that those sort of commercial product related um, searches and decisions. Not so much Facebook. Facebook tends to be more of a an entertainment platform that you're reaching out to people on or get using ads to convert them on stuff that they've already looked at, rather than the starting point for, from a search point of view. Sure. The search functionality on Facebook, frankly, is rubbish.
0: Okay, and the I mean, just that's a whole a new world to me. So the the Amazon side of things, can you? As a as a search firm, do you uh, can you influence results within Amazon, or is that just purely around, you, around reviews and that type of stuff? You, is it?
1: Yeah, you can. There are there are some products that Amazon has that allows you to bid on keywords in the same way that you have with Google. Right. It has its own display platform that allows you to associate your banner ads with products that people are looking for, um, and obviously part of that for for clients is also deciding about what their presence on Amazon is and do they retail directly through Amazon as part of their strategy because Amazon will often be a place where more people are looking for their product than looking on their actual sites themselves. Amazon's an interesting one because it it becomes a multi-layered play in terms of how you use it. it. Is it an ad platform or a kind of product awareness platform or is it actually a distribution platform or is it a combination of both of those pieces?
0: Okay, fine. Just tacking back to to the search side of things, and specifically with Google, over the last 18 months, there's been a a series of Google updates that seem to have increased the impact of earned media and shared um, media content on search result. Could you just briefly talk us through what these updates have been and and what the implications of those updates are for for PR businesses and and search strategy?
1: Sure. So I think... um... Google makes hundreds of refinements to to its its algorithm to kind of change things. I think that there are sort of three well, two big things really to to think about. And then a a bunch of other kind of uh, smaller things that that are impacting. So uh, the the big one is is what's called the Penguin Algorithm, Penguin Updates, which are very very much trying to understand the quality of um, the links that are being placed around content. Um, and actually also starting to do that in real time and also starting to move mobile to the front of that. So what that algorithm change, what those series of algorithm changes really means is Google's now starting to index and look at content in real time rather than as opposed to a period of time. That looks at content that's being shared. It looks at the quality of links a lot more heavily rather than the volume of links. And So the implication is that people need need to better plan their their media activity to understand the sites they should be working with and where the value of placing content will be to help that, that ranking. Um, so it's become – and it's been the trend for a while now, which is it's much more about quality than quantity. It is much better for me to get a link on The Guardian and Amazon about books um, than it yeah. for me to get 10,000 links from 10,000 small sites about books. So it's really understanding the value and having the tools uh, to help you understand which sites are going to allow you to create relevance. Um, I think the second big thing, which is the, the other one that's really – Important from a PR point of view, given some of the changes around influencers um, that are happening, are Google's issued a series of warnings to bloggers um, who are uh, undertaking incentivized blogging, so placements for money, exchange for links, all that sort of stuff, um, where they are explicitly getting them to understand the value of follow and no-follow links, which, which in sort of to take the technical stuff away from it, is really understanding which links are Google should follow and which links Google shouldn't follow, i.e., which ones should they count as being real, which ones should they, they shouldn't. Yeah. So there is, it's really important when you're planning as part of a blog, even if it's just a blog strategy, to understand that actually who you're working with, are they somebody that actually receives, how are they technically actually implementing that, that content on your site? Because you might be thinking from a PR point of view, you're doing yourself something wonderful because you've got, I don't know, Zoella to write something about you. But actually, if she's receiving lots of payments for lots of other stuff, and she's linking to you, that link might actually damage you in the long term rather than enhance you. So, it's starting to understand those kind of pieces um, in a, in a lot more detail. Um, the third thing really is 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 more about again a trend that Google's been working with for a while, um, and it, it's trying to move away from keywords. And what they are really trying to do is use uh, use machine learning. So something they call Rank Rank Brain. Um, there's a local um, optimization uh, algorithm called Pigeon. But what they're, they're really trying to use some of these algorithms for is trying to understand user intent when they put keywords in. And this becomes important when you start thinking about the fact that increasingly people are using voice as a search mechanic and it is longer form queries about how, why, when, where do I that are increasingly um, being put into search engines rather than keywords. And so that move to user intent has become much more important. And that also means that, you know, simply having a list of keywords and sticking those keywords all over your content and your website doesn't work anymore and isn't going to work. It's about creating the kind of content that people are going to be searching for in a much more natural fashion and actually answering the queries that they're specifically answering. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for a lot of PR firms is is actually understanding how you need to produce the right content very differently, and persuading your clients that they need to do that, actually, um, in a form that will actually allow them to, to, to achieve results from, a, from an SEO point of view, if that's what they're trying to do. Okay.
0: So, it, I mean, the updates, if you're doing a good job in your public relations, the updates should should, should be increasing the um, extent to which you're, you're performing within Google and other search engines, I guess. Possib- um, the, the trouble possibly. is it comes if you've been trying to play the game. Is that... Well, I, I think it's twofold, actually.
1: Um, so the fact that the updates that are real-time will favor clients who are more active, so it will favor the big. Right. Um, and so actually, if you're small or mid-sized, you really need to, to think about what that content plan looks like. Okay. I think that the biggest thing, actually, is it's when you're planning your content, um, is understanding how it will impact from an SEO point of view. So from what I see, actually, is that there are lots of people that talk about the SEO impact of what they're doing here and there, but actually way that they've made content, produced content and seeded content is having no meaningful impact on their results or whatsoever so if you don't get the planning piece right from that overall kind of strategic point of view then most of the effort is wasted because what most people do is take what they're doing replicate it, try and seed it out to a bunch of people and kind of hope for the best and if their rankings move one or two places they get they get very happy. It's not planned in the way that it needs to be so the fact that lots of PRs are kind of doing SEO um, it's, it's fine but I, I from what I see a lot of the time when we inherit stuff is the planning bit isn't there. It's attached at the end. And then because the planning bit isn't done right, then the, the value of that content isn't being exploited to its fullest extent.
0: I.e. I, Google needs to see um, sustained activity to, uh, to, to to have, I suppose, to sustain good results. Otherwise, it's just too patchy. Is that part of that? Yeah. Is that, su- yeah. It, it,
1: sustained, um, sustained, relevant. Um, is, is, is important um, but I think the, the other piece you need to bear in mind is if your content is good and people link to it and keep linking to it, some content has a long shelf life yeah. and so as long as it, its performance keeps going in that vein then, then that's fine what I think happens a lot of the time is and it's, 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 it's where the planning process becomes important is a lot of PR campaigns are campaign driven they are around a product and an issue for a specific period of time and certain attributes to, to what people want to do with that product they aren't a long-term play. And actually, what you need to be thinking about for the SEO bit is, all right, well, what parts of that product are about a long-term play and that we need to make sure that are always an underlying current to and how do we plan the content that we want to, to work that allows us to do what we need to do from a campaign point of view, but also from that kind of long-term achievement point of view. And that's where the complexity lies, particularly when you're looking with PR clients who are looking at the the impact of all of that activity rather than just the impact of one element.
0: Brilliant. Farhad Cruz, co-founder at 3Pipe. I really enjoyed that. Really insightful insight. Thanks so much for your time.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very much.